Hello, language and culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things Ison podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, which is all about the Reykjanes Peninsula. One thing that I noticed is that after most visitors to Iceland arrive at Keflavik International Airport, they quickly grab their bags and set their sights on traveling to downtown Reykjavik or to other parts of the country without giving any thought to visiting the rest of the Reykjanes Peninsula. Little do they know that a beautiful, less crowded, and completely underrated place waits just outside of the airport. I was delighted when I found out this peninsula had been designated a UNESCO Global Geopark in 2015. I've been fortunate to travel to this area on several occasions, and I'm always pleasantly surprised by how amazing and diverse the landscape is. While I don't want this peninsula to become overcrowded with visitors, of course, I do think it's a shame that more people do not take the time to explore this place. It is literally brimming with geothermal activity, mud pools, and lava fields. It is also home to so many hiking trails and fascinating Icelandic history. Most notably, it is one of the best places to see the separation of the Eurasian and North American tectonic plates. After learning more about this place, I decided it was worth it to dedicate this episode entirely to the Reykjanes Peninsula, because I truly believe that it is worth a visit to this part of South Iceland. During one of my visits to the area, I found the geology to be quite interesting, so I decided to look up how the area was formed. I found the following quote from the Visit Reykjanes brochure. And just a heads up, there's some science lingo in the quote, but I still think it's worth sharing. And I quote, Reykjanes Peninsula is an important region from a geological standpoint. It is a geologically young section of Iceland and is a land-borne and highly volcanic counterpart of the North Atlantic Ridge, where the tectonic plates diverge at an average rate of 2.5 centimeters per year. The peninsula contains late quaternary volcanic palagonite tuff and pillow lava formations as fells and mountains from the last glacial periods. Widespread basaltic lava flows and volcanic structures from interglacial periods especially from the last 11,500 years, categorized the area. Four elongated volcanic systems and fissure swarms line the peninsula from southwest to northeast. They contain open fissures, normal faults, high-temperature geothermal fields, and numerous volcanic fissures that are lined with monogenetic craters. End quote. Basically, it's saying the geology is really fascinating and really young, and you're essentially seeing Iceland being created, the land being created in this area. Whether you care about the science behind how this area was formed or not, the beauty and the uniqueness of the landscape cannot be denied. Before jumping into what to see and do in this part of South Iceland, I think it's important to go over where it is and how to get there. As I mentioned in the beginning, the peninsula is in the south of the country, specifically the southwest. The towns and villages that make up the Reykjanes Peninsula include Sudernesjabair, Grindavik, Vogar, and Reykjanesbær, which is where the Keflavik airport is located. If it is relatively clear when you are flying into Iceland, you can get a glimpse of the stark black sand beaches along the coastline and the jagged lava rock that dominates this part of the country. By car, it is very easy to drive around the peninsula, whether you want to rent a car on your own or take a tour. 
However, the real fun begins when you get out of the car and explore on foot. Each of the municipalities or the peninsula that I mentioned above have unique features that attract visitors. For instance, Reykjanesbær is made up of three districts, Keplavik, Hapnir, and Njarvik. With a population of a little over 15,000 people, it is the largest town on the peninsula. There you will find different types of accommodations, stores, bars, and museums. It, of course, is much smaller than Reykjavik, but you would still find a lot of the amenities that you would get in a decently populated town. Sudernesabaid is a fairly new municipality in Iceland. In 2018, it was created by merging Gardur and Sandgerde, and it has a population of about 3,000 people. There are a plethora of outdoor activities to do in this part of the peninsula, especially if you're an outdoor enthusiast. In addition to having spectacular sea views and two awesome lighthouses to experience, this area has a lot of bird life and seals. There's even the possibility of seeing dolphins swim near the shore. Surprisingly, there are white sand beaches here, which you really only find present in certain areas of Iceland. If you have a motorhome, if you want to camp, or you have a trailer, there's a local campsite with amenities like toilets, running water, and electricity. Within this municipality is the northern tip of the peninsula. In addition to bird watching and golfing, there's a unique souvenir shop called Listatorg that sells a variety of handmade goods. Additionally, the Sudernes Science and Learning Center is located here. If you have an interest in exhibitions about Icelandic nature, sea creatures, wildlife, and any research related to those topics, I recommend taking the time to visit that center. Vogar has a population of a little over 1,100, and the town is an old fishing village. What is absolutely fascinating about this place is that even though it mainly has lava fields that span from the ocean to the mountains, it is the largest agricultural area on the peninsula. In this municipality, you can take a stroll along the pond, Vogatur, visit the old harbor, and check out the island's Hrapnistumin monument, which was erected in memory of local fishermen. There is a golf course in this area as well. If you don't care much for the sport, you might still be interested in visiting the course just to check out one of the largest timber churches in Iceland. It just so happens that the golf course encircles that building. If you're anything like me, you're probably interested in knowing where the hiking trails are in Vogar. Mount Kaelir is one of the most recognizable landmarks in the area. While it looks quite steep, it is not that difficult of a hike. You can also check out Hrapnagjau, a normal fault and tension fracture that is the longest on the peninsula. This 12 meters long and 30 meters high set of fractures forms a valley rift and there is an easily accessible hiking trail to it from the parking area. Grindavik, the third municipality that makes up Reykjanes Peninsula, is home to the world-famous Blue Lagoon. So many visitors that have gone to the Blue Lagoon were not aware of the other recreational possibilities in the area. Just to give you a little background about Grindavik, it has a population of about 3,300, and most of the people that live there base their lives around fishing or the fishing industry. This small town provides more than 40% of Iceland's salt fish production and is one of the most active harbors in the country. The landscape surrounding the town looks eerily like the moon, and there are lovely hiking trails that let you explore this fascinating place. It is also worth noting that this southwestern town is home to one of Iceland's best 
golf courses and is also home to Kvikan, which is a house of culture and natural resources. Because there are over 50 spots on this peninsula to check out, I decided that instead of listing all of them in this episode, that I will give you the top 10. However, I have a link in my show notes to the brochure from Visit Rekines that has a plethora of information about this fascinating part of the country. While the list is not in any particular order of importance, because I feel like all of the places that I'm listing have their own unique features, it would be silly of me to not start this list off with the Blue Lagoon. This spa is famous for a reason. While it is visited by a lot of tourists each year, I think it is worth checking out at least once, especially if you're going to be in the area. It is stunningly beautiful, and at the same time, if you're really into going to a spa, you can get a silica face mask, get a massage, eat at the restaurant, whatever suits your fancy. I mean, if you just want to take a dip or just get a picture (laughs) from outside the building, you could do that as well. But I just think it is really cool to check out how blue the water really is. And if you take a dip, you will get some of the benefits of the amazing minerals that are in the water, which are good for your skin. Number two is Gunnukver. These smelly mud pools and steam vents are pretty cool to check out, but there is an added bonus. They are named after a female ghost that was laid there. She was kind of a pain in the butt (laughs) and caused trouble until a priest tricked her into falling into the spring 400 years ago. Number three is the Reykjanes Lighthouse. It's the country's oldest lighthouse. The original was built in 1878, but ended up being damaged by an earthquake. Another lighthouse was built in 1907 and is currently the one that people visit today. In 2007, it was voted as the favorite lighthouse among Icelanders. Number four, Krisuvik, is a fantastic area for bird watching and honestly taking really good pictures, whether it's for Instagram or your own personal collection, (laughs) because the steep cliffs span for so many kilometers along the coast. There are somewhere around 60,000 bird couples that make these cliffs their homes during the summer. Additionally, from the highway, you can find a hiking trail that takes you about an hour, maybe even less, to walk in order to check out this area. Kleivarvat, which is a gorgeous lake. It is the largest on the peninsula and the third largest in South Iceland. While there is some hot water that runs into the southern part of the lake, the rest of it is very cold. If you're a photographer or you just like snapping a cool shot, this lake is a great place to go. The contrast of the volcanic landscape and the lake's blue water are really nice to capture in a photo or on film. Number six is the bridge between continents. There's literally no other place like it in the world. And what I find to be interesting is the moon-like landscape under the bridge and the formation of the rocks on each side of the continental divide. I do have to say, though, that it's not exactly the most exciting place in the world or even on Reykjanes Peninsula. I just find it interesting because of the unique geology. You can even get a certificate that says you walked between the continents after you walk over the bridge. But I honestly think people will believe you if you tell them. And plus, you could just, you know, save some paper by not getting the certificate. Number seven is Kaelid, which is a mountain that was created during subglacial eruptions in the Ice Age. It is a landmark in the area and is thought of by some as a symbol of the peninsula. 
Even though it has steep slopes, like I mentioned before, it's not that difficult to hike if you are in decent hiking condition. And the awesome part is that you will be rewarded with amazing views if you go on a clear day. Number eight, Brimketit Lava Rock Pool is absolutely stunning. According to a local legend, a troll woman named Othni used to occupy the pool. And who knows, maybe she'll come back <laughs> if you were on a visit there. But if that were the case, I advise you to watch out because trolls aren't known to be that nice in Icelandic folklore. Some people are brave enough to take a dip in the chilly waters. I urge you, though, that if you are visiting this place and you do want to do that, please be careful because this is a natural location and the conditions of the sea can change quickly. You might end up finding yourself swept out into the ocean, whether you're crawling down on the steep cliff's edge or you're just getting close to the pool itself. Number nine is the Duis Museum. The Duis is quite unique because it packs in a lot of great exhibitions into a series of buildings. You can spend a decent chunk of time checking out all of the history in this space. For instance, the Maritime Center displays over 100 model boats that were handcrafted by the skipper Grimer Karlsson. Additionally, there is a movie hall, an art hall, the Reykjanes Geopark Visitor Center, and the Heritage Museum, to name a few. Number 10, last but definitely not least, is the Viking World Museum. If you're interested in learning about the life and history of Vikings, then you should definitely check out this place. The coolest attraction there is an authentic Viking ship that was built by Gunnar Marol Egerson in 1996. To celebrate the passing of a millennium since the journey of Leivur Eriksson to what he considered the New World, the ship was sailed to New York in the year 2000. Of course, there are plenty of other places to visit on this lovely peninsula, such as churches, museums, and natural wonders. But I think the ones that are on my list are for sure worth a visit. Now that I've kind of given you some background about the Reykjanes Peninsula and hopefully convinced you to add it to your list of places to see in Iceland, I am going to move on to the random fact of the episode. So I have two random facts for you that I find interesting for different reasons. The first is Nana Brindis Hilmarsdottir who is a lead singer of Monsters in Men, is from the Reykjanes Peninsula. The second is way more in-depth and history-wise is sometimes surprising to people, and that is that there is a U.S. Navy base at Keplavik International Airport called the Naval Air Station Keplavik. It was built during World War II by the U.S. Army and was once home to 5,000 troops. The reason for the base was to secure North Atlantic air routes and to defend Iceland against an attack. It was mostly used for getting people, equipment, and supplies to Europe for the war. Because it was only meant to be a temporary wartime base, the U.S. military left in 1947. However, they returned in 1951 and were labeled the Iceland Defense Force. It was operated as a NATO base. The naval air station closed on September 8, 2006, and the Icelandic Defense Agency took over the facilities until 2011. When the Icelandic Defense Agency stopped operation, the base was given to the Icelandic Coast Guard, which still has control over it. The base has been visited by the American military and other NATO allies for military exercises. 
The barracks that the troops used to live in have since been converted to housing for students. You can easily spot the old barracks near the main road that leads to the Keplavik airport because they have been painted with very bright colors. In 2017, the United States announced that it wanted to modify the largest hangar on the airbase so it can accommodate a new Boeing P-8 Poseidon. Some people have wondered if that means the U.S. troops would come back to occupy the area. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Just know, though, that anything is possible, and so I'll never say never. But let's just kind of hope that the U.S. doesn't come back and take over this area, mainly because Icelandic people, I think, are happy about not having a military presence or not that much of a military presence on their island. The Icelandic word of the episode is dedicated to the Blue Lagoon, which in Icelandic is pronounced Blaua Lónith. Blaua Lónith. Blaua Lónith. So now you know how to say in Icelandic, one of the most popular places that people visit on the island. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the All Things Iceland podcast. Just a quick announcement that I recently changed my Instagram account over to All Things Iceland, so it's no longer foreign to familiar. So if you're looking for me on there, All Things Iceland is what you should type in. And the reason why I did that is because I just decided that it made sense to dedicate that Instagram account to showcasing more of this awesome country. Also, I've started regularly updating my YouTube channel with videos about Iceland. Some of it has to do with my personal life, like how I met my husband, and I might even have a video with him and I in it on that channel. And I started a series, actually, about weird Icelandic words, which is pretty funny. So if you want to check that out and kind of learn some more Icelandic or just learn some translations that are strange and will probably make you chuckle (laughs) you can check that out and lastly there's my facebook account which also has unique content on it i'll have links to all those channels in the show notes of this episode if you would like to pick and choose which areas or channels you would like to follow those are also great places to connect with me if you have questions comments or just want to say hi Hlusta og sjámst fljótlega.